Hello everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you doing today? Andy, I'm doing absolutely splendid today. Um, it was actually my fifth anniversary at my current full-time job. And unre- I saw yeah. that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and unrelated, I had the day off. So, um, oh, there, there <laughs> yeah, so I had the day off, so that was nice. Um, been hanging out. It was a nice weekend. Got to see some friends, you know, safely, socially distanced for Halloween. Um, I went as Sasuke again, uh, who I went as nice. two years ago. Yeah, because I had to put a costume together quickly, so I just opened that up, that bag up. And, um, yeah, I've been playing some some Halo. I'm about to hopefully start my Metroid Prime 2 mouse and keyboard run on P, uh, on PC soon, so that'll be cool. And, yeah, we've got a, a few things to talk about, too, before we even get into our, our main topic today, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's, uh, there's actually a lot to talk about in the world of Metroid. It seems like there's no news for a long time, and when there is news, it comes at you all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just dive right into it, actually. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, we've got some new hires from Retro Studios. Uh, they continue to bring in, uh, you know, just different talent that have worked on different games. So now we've got um, producers that have worked on GTA. Uh, I believe they brought someone in that had worked on Overwatch. So, like, you know, it, it's almost repeating yourself at this point. But this really does seem like a who's who of, um, you know, talented, talented designers, producers, artists, you name it, that have worked on a lot of really successful video games in the past. So, you know, it's uh, the hype train continues to to build up steam with every new hire that Retro announces. Yeah, actually, this particular person they, they hired is from both Rockstar and Blizzard. So, Marissa Plumbo, she worked at Rockstar for nearly a decade. She was, you know, was on the GTA 4 team, um, Red Dead Redemption, Manhunt 2, Max Payne 3. And then she was on Blizzard's Overwatch development team for the past six years. So, I see, I see. quite a caliber from her as well so certainly yeah, that, i mean that's quite a resume that's you that's get games on that exactly sure. yeah absolutely she's uh worked on time that's the thing too is that everyone you know that they've hired have been like people who have worked on major franchises and like big games from those franchises as well not like a side game or some unrelated like media to the main games or whatever right like these are people responsible for some of the biggest games of all time so i i don't know yet yeah, the the dream team the super team that's being put together for metroid prime 4 i i, I wish I wish I had done something right in my life to be part of it, but I'm, I can only wait for what they're putting together. And speaking of putting things together, they're also putting together a big renovation project, Retro Studios, that is. Apparently, this was, this was uh, reported after the hiring of Marissa Palumbo, not too long after that. Retro Studios is putting in, apparently, according to an investment firm or an intelligence sales firm, like half a million dollars into expanding its current headquarters, uh, assumedly for development of Metroid Prime 4, or maybe for something else, but we have to assume it's for Metroid Prime 4. So um, half a million dollars into where you work, that's not too bad. It's not too shabby. Well, I mean, you keep hearing about all these people that they're hiring, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, they got to be running out of cubicles <laughs> in that office. Like, uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's very, very exciting. It's kind of like the old um, adage of, like, you know, you want your – you want to look – like the part so like you want to you want to look like this big giant development studio and then you know you become that big giant development studio so very cool that they're getting some new offices and uh you know that's uh that's awesome i i god i hope that we see metroid prime 4 soon i feel like it's got to be it's got to be close we got to be close to something even a little tease even a little sneak peek 
but we got to be getting close to something. I, I hope so. It's it's been quite a ride, and also we have to remember too that like development was restarted, right? Like only a couple of years ago. So I would assume that they like transferred some stuff over and reused some assets if any assets were even made in the original development run. But we don't know how much longer this could take on the the second development try, you know. So I, I hope you're right. I would love a reality in which I'm playing an absolutely amazing Metroid Prime 4 and Halo Infinite in 2021. We'll see. Considering how this year has gone, I'm not getting my hopes up. But yeah, um, you know, one thing that does give me a little bit of hope, though, is like, um, so I played through the Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity oh, demo yeah. this weekend, and I, I was like, you know what, this is awesome. Like they announced it two months ago, and like I'm gonna play it in less than three weeks, and like part of me really actually kind of loves that where it's like you you don't have like the whole like the big long wait like you have the initial announcement the you can get excited and then before you know it it's out and like i kind of appreciate that and i'm wondering if maybe like part of me feels like metroid prime 4 is kind of too big to fit that you know mold of like the hyrule warriors or the or the paper mario where they did that because nintendo obviously knows how near and dear to so many people's hearts this game is going to be. But, you know, it, it's not impossible to say, like, here's the trailer for Metroid Prime 4. By the way, it's coming out in, like, you know, it's it's coming out in, like, four months. But, I mean, that could also work the other way, too, where it's, like, you know, since since we, it's obviously not going to be ready anytime soon, we're just not going to show you it until, you know, we're four months out. So I guess it kind of works both ways. But, yeah, you know, I... Uh, I, th- I think I got a little bit to to hold me over into uh, at least the first half of 2021. I'm going to grab Pikmin. I'm going to grab Cyberpunk. And uh, by God, I'm going to tackle some of my backlog, actually, uh, in the in the first half of uh, 2021. And, uh, and of course, we're, you know, I'm going to fire up uh, a Metroid game here pretty quickly for the next Mapping Metroid. So oh, yeah. I, I do feel like I have enough to, to hold me over for a little while, but... Yeah, it would be really good to see uh, to see some Metroid Prime Four. Please, Nintendo. Please, even just like a logo, a new logo or something, or just a name. That would be that would be great. Actually, that'd be see. That's the thing is, I do want a bit of like a a longer build up because they can drip feed that stuff. It would be so hype. Like I've already waited this long. Like even if it like if if it doesn't change when the date comes out, at least like give us like the name and then like. A little bit of footage like a, a month later you know like I don't, i'm not against the drip feed because i've already waited so long but at the same time not either yeah you know i wouldn't be against them just be like all right this is coming out in a month i do think though that like i hope they would try to advertise it as much as possible like there's it's a it's a fine balance right because if you if the build's too long then people lose hype eventually the steam eventually fades but at the same time if it you know if it's hyped too quickly then maybe some people who didn't get to you know might not be able to hear in yeah. time, you know? So um, I hope they find that This balance. is my theory. My, my theory is that you... The perfect time for, like, a game's announcement and, like, the, the hype train to, to begin and to, you know, trickle it out little by little, you should be able to conceive a baby. And by the time that baby is born, that's when your game should be coming out. Like, you've got that nice nine-month... Like from the from the announcement to release, like that's a that's a nice timeline. I think maybe a year, maybe a year, but like a nine month timeline. That's that's long enough to like get people excited, get people talking. But it's short enough where it's just like, yeah, you don't lose momentum after a while. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I think nine months is good, though at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily be against six months either. I think six months might even be good enough. I, I just don't want like the, the two, three, four weeks kind of thing where like yeah. it feels like they're kind of just getting, they're shoving it out the door, you know, so to speak. I think like six months to nine months would be a nice sweet spot. At the same time, it's like, it's hard because. Yeah. yeah, that'd be prime. I think it's like, I already feel like, like, I, so I've been following the Halo Infinite development, right? And that's been rocky. But every time I get, like, a, a Metroid Prime 4 news, even though it's not gameplay, we don't know anything about the game, I'm still, like, getting excited because I'm like, ooh, they hired this person. They hired that person. Like, I'm like, this has to be good. Like, I'm getting more excited. Like, I can't wait to see. I feel like the, the, the actual reveal of Metroid Prime 4, when it, like, the first time we really see it, is going to be awesome. Like, I can't. I'm 100% convinced. My expectations are very high. So, um, I, yeah, I think six to nine months would be great. You know, it would be awesome if, like, at the beginning or middle part of 2021, they, like, just come out of nowhere and, like, and they drop the trailer and they're like, all right, holiday 2021 for the Switch. And I'm like, for the Switch Pro or whatever, you know, I would be like, absolutely perfect. You know, they don't need to tell me now and make me wait a year. I think, actually, yeah, now that I think about it, I do kind of want it shorter because I don't want to wait too long. I take back what I said. <laughs> I, I've already waited so long. Give me the game. Just just tell me when it's coming out, and hopefully that's six months or something, maybe even less from there. I think as I've been saying this, I've realized that, no, I've waited this long. I want to play this game. I don't want to wait even longer. So, yeah, I'm going to go back on what I said about five minutes ago. <laughs> Shorter the better. Let's get this game stapped. At least the news has been good lately. Well, hopefully we hear something sometime soon. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's go from our most anticipated Metroid game ever to today's topic, which is probably the least anticipated Metroid game that there ever was. Is that fair to say, do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah I think you're so right we, on, on point there. We have talked about Metroid Prime Federation Force before, and, and we've given our, our opinions and our critiques and uh, a lot of our thoughts. And, you know, the thing about a bad game, or even a mediocre game such as Federation Force, is like, it's, it's easy to to look back with hindsight and say what went wrong. It's easy to say, like, this could have been better, this could have been fixed, this could have been changed, the timing could have been different, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But what isn't so easy is to say, well, okay, well, like, how would we have done this, and how would we have changed it, and how would we have made Metroid Prime Federation Force cool? And that is what we are going to attempt to do today is... We're, we're going to kind of pitch, um, I don't want to call it like a, a Metroid Prime Federation Force sequel, because that'll never happen, but a reimagining of the concept, kind of like we did with the Hunter's concept. Um, I don't think that it's ever going to happen. I think that they tried it. I think that it failed. I think it's dead. But if it did, uh, I, I jotted down some ideas of what I think could, could turn this around and make it uh, not only a, a good game, but a game that Metroid fans you know would be into and would dig and i know that you got you got some notes too mm -hmm. you know the thing about uh, a game like this or like a side mission kind of side story like this is if it's good i i think that the fan base will embrace it i you know i just mentioned that i was playing hyrule warriors age of calamity and that it's not exactly my cup of tea it's a lot of button smashing and and just kind of it feels a little bit mindless but the setting is so good, the characters are, are so good that it's it makes me forgive it and just embrace it. And similar, like when they released Cadence of Hyrule, is like 
did I ever think I'd be playing a rhythm game? Not really, but, you know, because it had all the Zelda stuff that I love, I was really into it. So I feel like... I feel like the argument that, like, Metroid fans wouldn't be... Maybe wouldn't be into this. I mean, maybe... I think Metroid fans are a little bit more passionate than your average fan base. But, you know, I, I do think that... I'll go by the old mantra of, like, if the game is done right and it and it does pay certain homages to Metroid, I think that the fan base would would accept it. And uh, I, I have some ideas about how Federation Force could have been handled differently and maybe... If it had, we would have looked back on it uh, more fondly. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Federation Force again. I, I wasn't sure that we ever would talk about it again on our show after the last time, but I think that I've got some good ideas. Well, you know, that's the thing is that I don't think Federation Force is even really, like, super bad to begin with. It's just not good. It's not like it's a mediocre, like, has potential but didn't really meet it kind of game. It's not like Other M where it's, like, literal trash. And like it has no, and you, you're better off just, you know, melting it in some kind of like furnace rather than trying to improve it in any kind of way. Federation Force, I think, like has a means to be reworked and redone in many different ways. And honestly, I wouldn't be against another Federation Force if done right. I just think maybe don't call it that, you know, like maybe work it into like a new Hunter's experience. But yeah, I think there are many ways to rework this game and have it be one that Metroid fans and other people too would actually want to play. So. I'm sure we'll have a lot of similar ones, though, but I think there's a good amount that yeah. will have a good list. Okay, well, let's start off with the two that I'm sure are probably on the top of both of our lists. Right. Um, let's start off with the controls. The The controls for Federation Force definitely held it back, in my opinion. If you're going to do this game, um, there's no need to be fancy. There's no need to overthink it. Dual Analog has worked for 20 years with first-person shooters, and uh, you know, just just do that. And and the where Federation Force got itself into trouble was it tried to be cute with the way that it it controlled because you could lock on, but then you'd have to you'd have to move your your cursor or your little thumbstick around and and like shoot within your locked on target. And I found it like incredibly incredibly cumbersome. Um, I think that like the button mapping was was terrible in Federation Force, and the fact that you can't map any of your, you don't have custom buttons in that, I, I feel like that was a really big drawback. Um, I, I think that Federation Force definitely, you know, overthought how it controlled, and I think it paid for that. Um, the You know, the first key to success, if you're going to do, if, if you're going to make a video game, no matter how good it is, no matter if you've got the best story in the world, the best graphics in the world, it doesn't matter if it, if it feels you know, awful to control. And I feel like Federation Force, it wasn't awful, but it certainly didn't feel, it didn't give you that, like, mm, right in your hands kind of control feel that, you know, even Metroid Prime 3 on the Wii would give you. So I, I feel like that's probably, probably the first thing that they need to overhaul, in my opinion, is just make the controls a little bit more familiar. And, you know, assuming that this is going to be a first-person shooter, first-person adventure type of game, uh, that's the first thing that needs to be changed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if they did Federation Force again, it would be on the Switch, right? So, and if you put it on the Switch, like, the dual analog is so obvious. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's very cumbersome. It feels like you're moving in mud sometimes. And, yeah, the, the lock-on, it's like a lock-on, but not really. It's not like in Metroid Prime where, like, not only is the screen locked on, but her arm cannon is, like, stiff and, like, is right yeah. there. 
Um, even if they, like, either of that or just get rid of lock-on, but I don't think they would. I think keeping lock-on is fine, but I agree. Just, like, if it was, it would be on Switch most likely, yeah, just fix the controls, give yourself true to analog. You know, it's 2020. Uh, you know, not everything has to be innovative, right? <laughs> or like an attempt to be, right? Like it's okay to do things that are tried and true and established and work and are fine. So I do think that maybe because it was on a portable system that they were trying to make something work for that, that they thought would be more beneficial for that, you know, how you hold your hands or what they had to work with with the 3DS. You know, whereas the Switch definitely gives them a little more options. They could probably even include like an optional like like you know Metroid Prime Three kind of mode, right? Where you'd be able to use maybe the Joy Cons as like a you know right. motion control mode. Like even that, I think would be better. But yeah, just fix the controls and and you'd probably get at least at least fifty percent more sales. I think right off the bat, like just put that on the box, dual analog, oh, right, yeah. right there in the corner. <laughs> I'd be like hell yeah, I'm 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 game. And, and you know what? Put in options. And this is we've we've talked about this for Metroid Prime Four, but. You know, put in options for those for those freaks out there that want to play with gyro controls. <laughs> you know, like have have it in in a bunch of different ways. Have it control any way, every way possible. But yeah, man, just dual analog. It's it's tried and true. Just don't overthink it. And uh, I think that you would be you'd be off to a really good start. The second totally obvious one to me is the aesthetic of the game. And yeah. I, I think that I, I think that that it just sticks out so so jarringly so glaringly and it's so i i mean it's it's cutesy and that's not really a word that you would associate with metroid and you know that can work for for a series like zelda which has you know it it can lean a little bit more cutesy and each game is such a drastically different art style but like metroid aesthetic is fairly consistent across the board and then you have federation force with its chibi little characters and it just it didn't work i don't think anybody liked it um it's you know a big part of of what makes a metroid game kind of tick at least for me is is the sense of of atmosphere and the sense of you know ambiance i guess and the the chibi style of federation force just really detracted from that for me Um, i don't think i'm alone in saying that I mean, you go and Google Marine Troopers from Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. These guys look awesome. So it, it wouldn't take much to just go back to that old aesthetic, make it more of that traditional, real kind of world Metroid vibe that we all know and love. And I think that right there you have you have fans that are much more forgiving. So you make those two changes, controls and aesthetic, I feel like that's 50% of your problems right there. Yeah, I, I think, again, this comes down to the limitations of, like, the 3DS, right? Like, they wanted a game that would work on a portable system. So, I don't know if they could have done, like, the Metroid, like, Prime style. Not like it's photorealistic, but it's not, like, cartoony, really, either, right? It does have, like, a somewhat of a realistic style to it. Maybe they thought that that wouldn't work as well on the 3DS, and it would be better to do the chibi style. It would be, like, easier on development and easier on the system. I, I You know, because maybe they'd have to al- allocate, like in-game resources to the co-op and that kind of stuff so i i don't know i'm not a game developer but i would have to assume that's a part of the reason why they went with the chibi art style because it's simpler to do that being said yeah it was awful i and it was so bad too because it was like the first metroid (laughs) game we were seeing after other m and for a while and i was like yes all right let's give me some metroid and it was that i was like dude what are they doing like are they they like trying to throw like are they trying to make me hate metroid because they're doing a great job they're doing a fantastic job and and, but it was also at the same time one of those, like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Feel Like, I felt like a disappointed parent 
Like, come on, man. Like, I, I lived through a golden age of Metroid. Like, this can't be, this can't be life. Like, this can't be where we're going. And the chibi art style just, it, you already knew the game wasn't going to be super serious, no matter how, how hard you tried. It's not like Metroid's super serious, but it does take itself seriously, and, you know, I think is, is taken seriously by people who play it, for the most part, I would guess, you know. I certainly do, in, in terms of this game. It's not like a tongue-in-cheek oh, yeah. kind of sci-fi game, right? So, yeah, like, it was just it's such a disappointment to see that, because I was like, wow. Like, and it's an immediate turnoff, right? It doesn't even give me a chance to try to enjoy the game or really accept it. Like, the second you saw those gravits, you're like, this is not going to be good. This can't be good. Because, like, unless they pulled it out of, you know, their you-know-where and made, like, the great, sickest, chibi-looking sci-fi game of all time. With the, like, no. I don't know. That was it, You nailed it, though. Yeah. It's like, it's the first impression, and exactly. you can't get that back. And when you saw that, you're just like... What the hell is this? Like, this isn't Metroid. Like, uh, what? It, like, what? What gruesome-looking monsters that the Metroid series is famous for? Am I going to be facing with my little chibi soldier here? It just nothing about it worked. I don't think. Um, but yeah, like I, I would say. So I compiled a list of a bunch of changes that I would make. But of my list, I would say like, you know, those were the two critical errors. And the most obvious errors that the rest of it is like, you know, if they did it, great. If they didn't, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I, I think for me, those are the two that I would label critical. Is there anything else on your end that you think is like, like it, it, this absolutely 100% needs to happen if this Federation Force concept is going to be a success? Hmm. Well, I would say it's personally critical. I don't know if it would necessarily be like a 100% guarantee of success, but... For me, I think something that would have to change is you throw out the entire story and you replace it with whatever happened to, you know, and essentially what happens to the troopers in Metroid Prime 2. I don't understand. They have this story, right, that we kind of know what happens, but, like, they could have, like, expanded on it and taken, like, this story that we know of and we learn about, but, like, it's kind of like Age of Calamity, right, where we you kind of know what happens before Breath of the Wild. You know how it you know how it leads up to it. You don't really know all the details, and it's kind of interesting to learn all that stuff. They already had a squad of Federation troopers in the Metroid Prime franchise. Why not just literally give us a story from those troopers, like the lead up to Metroid Prime Two? You could even show maybe scenes from Metroid Prime Two itself, and like take that story, expand on it, or do something like that instead of like, I, I mean, not even to get into the ending, right? You know, like, that was... <laughs> we don't need that. But aside from that, no. I still think, like, the... Just the setup for Metroid Prime... Like, it was... It's, it was... It didn't work for me. Like, it didn't really hit any notes that I'm like, wow, this is exciting. Or, like, this is expanding my knowledge of Metroid. Or it's uh, delving into something that I know about but I want to learn more about. It didn't really do any of that at all for me. And I thought, I always, when Federation Force got announced, even before Federation Force got announced, I always thought that would be a sick game, is to, uh, you know, when, like, if anyone asked me, like, okay, like, a Metroid Prime, or if I discussed it, a Metroid, Pro, uh, Metroid game that didn't involve Samus, what would you do? That was always my immediate, you know, my, my immediate ideas. Give us a game from the perspective of the Federation Troopers on Aether from Metroid Prime 2. It's a perfect setup. You know how it ends, but, like, that doesn't matter because it's the journey, not the destination. And you get to play in this, like, squad and learn about the characters and and fight against the Ing and, and all. Like, that, such a good game could be made from that. So when they didn't do that with Federation Force, 
I was completely bewildered because they already had the setup. They already did it. They could just easily do that. And I think that would have made more people interested in the games because it would have like leaned more into the Metroid Prime-ness of it. People who had played Metroid Prime 2 would remember those troopers, be like, oh, I want to check that out. You know, you could advertise the game as being very linked to Metroid Prime, not just in name, really. Like, and maybe have, yes. you know, like, right. yes. it, it would be, it would be very integral to the, it would be, it would be very integral to the canon of the story. And I think it would add to it very well. I'm, I wish they had done that. That for me, I think is critical because the Federation Force story and the setup really doesn't do anything to help the game or get anyone interested. Whereas I feel like that would be something that would immediately get more people interested and would expand upon already really awesome great games in their story. Yeah. I, I love what you said about like. It does. It's a Metroid Prime game in name, but not really in anything else. Like it, it's, it kind of exists in an island. I've actually, I've got a, a story pitch for you later in this episode, one of, of what I would have done, uh, story wise, to make people care about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really love that. Like because it, it does. It just, it feels like it exists and has no kind of connection or ramifications or relevance to anything else going on. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, the player, I'm just like okay, well, I'm going to skip this because it already looks stupid and it doesn't have anything to do with the Metroid Prime that I know, right. so what's the point? Um, so, yeah, I, and I'm going to expand on that in a little bit, but I did. I wanted to get your opinion on this, actually, because one of my, uh, on the top of my list, one of the things that I would change for Metroid Prime Federation Force, um, either the sequel, let's call it the, hypo- the hypothetical sequel, is I would have, like a really really focused single player campaign and i would have multiplayer kind of fall i would still have the multiplayer option but i i think that i would have that as more of like a more of like a backseat to the single player campaign um i i think that you know multiplayer was obviously kind of the the big draw of nintendo you know that's what they used for federation Force. but i just i don't think that Multiplayer is traditionally what Nintendo does best. Granted, Splatoon is pretty rocking. Smash Bros. is, is pretty rocking. But if it were me, I would um, I would focus mostly on the single player campaign. I would I would even go back and like if you really wanted, you could do it kind of like Perfect Dark style, where like you can you know you can maybe throw in some modes where like you can do a level co op with someone and just ramp up the difficulty you can maybe have like a versus mode where like you can play as i don't know someone attempting to take out the marines but like i would make that multiplayer not necessarily the focus um like in in the main game federation force you know you have the little the little flying robots that fly around you and they're supposed to replicate your teammates um i i think that that was silly and like Let's just build the game around a single-player experience. And I, I think that that would, again, connect a lot more with the people that you are trying to reach while still kind of offering, like, you know, we do have multiplayer. We do have different modes that you can do. Um, I just feel like like this... Like, Hunters is a, is a better example of where you would lean in more with multiplayer because at least you have different styles of Hunters and different weapons and stuff like this where, like, you know, a Marine is a Marine is a Marine. So, like... Just focus on the single-player campaign and make that as good as it can be. Um, but, I, you know, I say that as, like, a single-player gamer that doesn't play a lot of multiplayer games. Like, I'm interested to see or to hear what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I definitely disagree with that. Uh, first, I mean, for me, I definitely disagree that Nintendo does single-player better than multiplayer. I mean, I there are tons of great multiplayer Nintendo games. You have, you know, Smash, you have Splatoon, you have Mario Kart, you have Pokemon, you have... 
uh, you have like co-op games that they've done that are really good, like Donkey Kong and all that. Like, I definitely disagree that like multi Nintendo doesn't necessarily do multiplayer good or as good often. Definitely disagree with that. A lot of some of my favorite, almost all of my favorite Nintendo games, aside from Metroid, are multiplayer games. So, disagree on that. Second, <clears throat> sorry. Second, I think. If you're going to do a game like this, it doesn't necessarily have to be like Hunters or Metroid Prime or whatever. It's okay to do something different, you know? If they had never done something different with the series, we never would have gotten Metroid Prime in the first place or Hunters in the first place and all that. And then again, we wouldn't have gotten another M, so maybe it wasn't a good thing. But, you know, with, with Federation Force, I like the idea of a co-op Metroid game. I think that's a cool idea. That's why I've said I would like it in Metroid Prime 4 as well, even though I don't think it's necessary for those games. But if you're going to do a spin-off, that's, I think, the best time to experiment. You don't have to do another Hunters if you don't want to. You don't necessarily have to do a game that's like the 2D or 3D Metroids that already exist. I, th I like the idea of playing as a group of Marines in a squad in a co-op setting. Like, sure, like, every Marine is a Marine is a Marine, whatever, but it would be, I think that's when you focus on the individual characters and you actually, like, give us some dialogue, like, give us some personalities and make me care about these characters beside what abilities they have and what guns they use, right? You can always give them different guns and abilities while still making them Marines. And that's, again, going back to why I wanted to see the Metroid Prime 2 story because I wanted to learn about those characters and all that. To me, you know, you could still have some really awesome gameplay without necessarily having to make each character a completely different character or making them really super special and all that. If you write the story good, if you give them good character development, if the dialogue's good, if the setting and the setting is, and setup is all good too. So, yeah, I don't think I would have wanted a single player game because then at the end of the day, it's going to be a not as good portable single-player Metroid Prime, which is not what I want, really. If they're going to make a Metroid Prime game, put it on your main console, make it really good, don't give me this, you know, spin-off uh, portable game. So, yeah, no, I, I like the idea of co-op. I don't think that's the issue with Federation Force at all, actually. I think that's, you know, what initially made me interested before I saw what it looked like, actually, was that it was going to be, like, a co-op. And I saw Federation Force, so I actually I did assume that it was going to have something to do with Federation Marines in the capacity that I knew of, a la, you know, Metroid Prime 2. So, right. I, yeah, I, I like the co-op idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted a single-player game. I wanted to play as a, a squad and give me something new. I don't think new is bad necessarily. It just always comes down to execution. So let me. So I, I kind of thought that you would say that. So I had a second part to, or a second, like an amendment almost okay. to that. Whereas, like, I think that you should focus on single-player. But I will say that maybe what I would have done is you can still control the squad, but you're able to, like, switch between them kind of on the fly. So let's just say that you have a single-player campaign where, like, you know, three three people are controlled by... Like, you could almost make it, like, almost borderline how, like, RPG characters will just fight on their own for you or whatever, right? In, like, Xenoblade or something like that. So, like, you can switch on the fly between each different Marine um, and, and, you know... The key is, like, building single-player levels that you can seamlessly turn into co-op levels. And I think that that you have to, like, build them in such a way that, like, there are definitely spots where where all four of you need to concentrate fire or, like, work together to do something. But there's also different spots where, like, you have to split up and you each have to do your own separate thing. So I think that if they were to keep that concept... I, I mean, my dream would just be, like, a good single-player game, right? Because that's just the type of gamer I am. But... I think that in kind of embracing that, you know, the, the gist of Federation Force was like, you know, playing as a platoon or as a squad, I think that I would want to see like really quick, really seamless inter, you know, like 
interchanging between all the different team members. Um, I hate to keep on bringing it up, but it's just fresh on my mind. So, like, in Age of Calamity, you can just press the up button, and all of a sudden you go from Link to Impa, Impa to Zelda, uh, whatever. And you can be either fighting together, you can be fighting on different points of the map, whatever, right? So I, I think that, that if they were going to stick with the the kind of squad mentality, I, I would want to see maybe something like that implemented, where, like, you know, if you did have another player playing with you, you can play that level together. But if you're playing it solo, it works just as well as if you're cooperating with someone else to do that. Um, so that that would be my kind of dream scenario. No, oh, that sounds cool to me. I, I I have I feel two ways about it. I think it's a great idea. That would be really cool if I'm playing by myself and I can like jump to each different player on the fly or, you know, different squad member on the fly. Though, I would also be like, well, at the same time, if I have, like, my own, like, character that I've personalized a little bit or who I play as, and maybe I would only want to play as them. You know, like, when you're playing, like, Halo Reach, for example, and you play as, yeah, you know, yeah. Noble Six, who's kind of your guy, or you play as, you know... Well, the rookie doesn't actually interact with the squad for the most part. But, yeah, for, like, in Halo Reach, you know, Noble Six, kind of your own dude, you're only... That's your perspective, or guy or girl, whoever... That's your perspective, and that's cool because that's you essentially, right? You know, switch. But at the same time, I like that idea. That'd be cool to like be able to switch on the fly seamlessly and use the different characters and whatnot. But if that were the case, yeah, I still would need co-op though, because at that point, I'm I would be like, well, I should st if I'm in a squad and I'm playing as a squad all at once, I should be able to have those other characters. If I don't want to switch, or if I have friends to play with, be able to be played by those friends of mine. So. Yeah, I'm, I like the idea if I don't have any friends to play with, yes, but I also would still like co-op. But that's a cool idea. I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, if you have individual characters that have, like, different stuff and you could swap between them. I haven't played Age of Calamity demo yet, so I didn't know that was a thing. That's a cool idea. I wouldn't be against that, no. Um, another thing that I jotted down that uh, you just mentioned, which I would want to uh, to see return, is, like, I, I actually really liked the idea of customizing your suit in Federation Force. I just don't know that they took it far enough, actually. So, like... You know, there. I thought that it was cool that, like, in the in the levels, you can find like the little CD-ROMs or whatever that have like the different, uh, like, like you could have your reinforced shield or like whatever, right? Like all those different upgrades and stuff. So I like that idea, and I like that you can find like, like maybe you could build up like your one member as like your tank. You could build up someone as like you know a sniper, like whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like kind of really go in and customize your squad. I, I think that like leaning into that would really, really. Um, it would really kind of give you the connection that you didn't have with all of the Marines in the last game. Because, like, you know, these are these are essentially, like, your player avatars. So I, I'd, I'd really like them to lean into that a little bit more. It would be cool if, like, you could, um, you know, like, they had paint jobs and stuff like that in Federation Force. I'd like to see that return. I think that that's cool. Um, maybe not hidden behind Amiibo this time, but, like, you can unlock them in-game somehow. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just think that, like, it's a... Again, this is, it's tried and true, but, like, customize your characters, and that's a way to build attachment. That's a way to, you know, spread out things in level, give you a reason to replay levels, to go and find whatever you missed before. Um, I, I think that this one would be a really easy and a really smart addition. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that'd be really cool. And, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make it feel like just a simple okay you play as one guy in a team but they're all just you know allies that sponge shots and you know help you out and are ally characters right it would give it a little more depth i think that'd be cool i'm down for that um so one thing that i just kind of touched on that i i think is uh is missing from 
you know, the the Federation Force games is like they really do kind of feel like they exist in a bubble and they exist on their own. Like they're not connected. Um, if I was making Federation Force, I would drop in some familiar faces that Metroid fans would know. Um, but specifically, I would not, would never put Samus in this game because I think that Samus in this game, like Samus of the World of Metroid is a, you know, the hero among heroes. She is, she overshadows everyone and everything. So I think that in order to let our Marines breathe a little bit and kind of grow, Samus cannot be a part of this game. That was a, like a fatal flaw, I think, of Metroid Prime Federation Force. So like hmm. Samus would be nowhere near yeah. my game. But I do think that it would be cool to have like some familiar faces show up. Like, you know, the one that comes to mind for me is Admiral Dane. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me to have him maybe appear. Like he doesn't have to have a big role, but just like something to let you know that like okay, like, this is the same universe. Like, I've seen this guy before. Or, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, an Adam or, like, or, you know, Ooh, something along those lines. That would be good. Maybe. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but, like, when you said Adam, I was like, absolutely. I think Adam, Admiral Dane is also a great idea. 100% agree. Yes. Bring in people that we know that aren't Samus. <laughs> I Throw Ridley in there, TBH. Like, you know, just... I, though, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, you got to put Ridley... I mean, you don't... I, I, all right, I will take that back. You don't have to put Ridley in this game. But I think it would be a great idea. Um, but I think it all depends on when it takes place, of course. If it makes sense for him to be there, that's fine. Um, you know, that being said, if you were to do the Aether Federation Marines from Metroid Prime 2, I wouldn't be against the ending of the game being, like, after, like, the post credit scene being, like, Samus, like, the same scene that happens in Metroid Prime 2, like, you know, where she shows up and all of that. And, and finds the remains of what has happened, that I'd be okay with. But I don't think she should show up in, like, the actual main story or you run into her in-game and anything like that. But that would be a way to tie her uh, yeah, into I, it. Yeah, I agree. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah that would be cool. Um, I, so that's, that's funny that you just said that about Ridley. Because, mm. like, uh, t- like, to me, I'll, just, I'll read you what I had written down here. Um, I said that we should have more Metroid-esque creatures. Because there, there wasn't, mm-hmm. like, really a ton of them that's a good in, idea. Uh, in Federation Force. But... I think that it would be cool if, like, you had, and I put down like a B-list Metroid boss show up for the for the Marines to fight. Um, so let like imagine if there there was like a Terizo or like there is a Ceres or like a Yakuza or like something like that. And I say a B-lister because, and actually, I I feel like other M did this actually in a decent way. Where like Fantoon is like the end boss, but Fantoon isn't like this like A plus plus tier level threat in metroid that like ridley or crate or like he, he just fantu doesn't have the name you know brand of, of a ridley or crate or a mother brain or anything like that right and so i feel like my rationale behind like maybe one of the the b tier bosses that i just mentioned is like i i think that it for me i wouldn't like to see marines go against ridley and be able to defeat ridley i feel like that's just something that i just want like only samus is capable of that but like if i were to see marines go against like a chorizo or a Yakuza, and they work together to defeat them, or to defeat that monster, I, I could buy that. You know, I'd be down with that. Um, Ridley would be a little bit of a stretch for me. Maybe even Kraid would be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but, I, you know, I could like I could totally see them working together to fight, like, a boss of that kind of ilk. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I actually had this on my list as well, as you bring that up. Um, so, well, first I'll say what I wrote for Ridley. I said, um, Ridley could be a boss, but you don't beat him. He gets away. So, like... 
the boss battle would have to work in that like the marines like are able to hold him off maybe or like barely survive but they don't like get a victory on him they just don't lose essentially like or they right. maybe they they somehow like screw up a plan of his and like somehow like ruin something but they don't outright defeat ridley he gets away or he isn't really being close to defeated physically he might just like foil his plans or something i don't know so i'm with you there i wouldn't want to see them just straight up beat ridley because you know yeah i agree only samus should be able to do that second i didn't write it nearly as you said it, but yeah bring in bosses that aren't like main bosses but ones that like against regular marines would be a lot tougher than for samus and it's funny you mentioned uh, Ceres because I didn't write Ceres down, but that's someone who I was thinking of. Because for Samus, I don't think Ceres is like, you know, an end-all, be-all boss, right? Like, Samus can take on Ceres and have no problem. But against Marines, who can't jump as high, you know, who don't have the same weaponry, who can't do all the stuff that Samus can do, like, Ceres would be a really tough boss. So I would l yeah. love, like, enemies that, like, Samus can make quick, quick work of, but for a regular human, it's difficult. You know, it reminds me of, uh, and you know, I always bring up Halo, but Halo 3 ODST, you play as an ODST, is essentially a regular Marine, so a grunt, one brute, is a big issue for, for a regular human. You know, even, like, a grunt who's essentially, like, a super small enemy for, for Master Chief who can destroy is almost regular human size and can kill a regular human. Like, a single plasma bolt can almost kill them. If you read the books, a single plasma bolt can essentially destroy someone's entire body or completely melt through to the bone. So, yeah, I would love to see bosses who are, like, mini bosses or minor bosses. Maybe not Kraid. I think Kraid would be too much. Um, I think Kraid is too much. Kraid would be too, way yeah. too much. But... Mike, uh, 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 Crockmire would be, would be, I think would be a great, you know, bring him back. Um, oh, you know, bring yeah. Bring Crockmire yeah, back. Be, you know? He'd be perfect. And, um, you know, I think that would be a funny reappearance. Like, maybe even make him, like, one of the major bosses. Like, the, like give some of these characters, like, <laughs> time to shine as, like, their own major boss opportunity, right? Like, um, you yeah. know, I 100% I agree. That would be awesome. While I do want to see some new stuff as well, you know, like, I, I thought it would be great to give again. This is going back to what I said earlier. Like, give us a, a a new perspective on things we already know. That's what I think Federation Force should have been all about in terms of story, in terms of enemies. Give us like a new perspective on things we already love about Metroids. Give us some enemies that we already recognize, but make them appear stronger and harder because you're just a regular dude, essentially, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. Yeah, on that. totally. Yeah, I, I would love to see, like, and, and, you know, I know that we don't give Other M a lot of credit on this show, and rightfully so, but, like, I, I do really like the fact that, you know, like I said, it's it's Fantoon, it's not, you're not fighting Mother Brain again, or Kraid, or Ridley, it's just, like, it's this kind of, you know, no, I don't want to say Diamond doesn't boss, but it's, like, this boss from Super Metroid that you don't really think anything of after you, you beat it, and he shows up, and he's, like, probably the best thing about Other M, so... Uh, yeah, I think that that would be like really cool, actually, if they if they got like Kronkemeyer back in there and uh, or I don't know, maybe maybe brought another couple bosses back from uh, Prime Two if we're going to do the the Aether story, which I think would actually be like really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I'm and I'm glad that we're on the same page with that. Um, I think that one thing that probably is really understated that Federation Force was severely lacking was metroid music mm. like the the music to me didn't feel very metroidy and i'm not saying that we need to have every track as a remake of tracks that we've heard before but like you know i i can listen to a song and uh i can think to myself like oh man this sounds like it should be in metroid um 
and and I I don't think I ever got that vibe with Federation Force. So like I think that you need to crank up, you know, the the ambiance, the music to to make it a little bit more fitting, and that would also go a long way. What do you do? You think that that's a fair criticism? Well, what, from what I remember from our Federation Force episode, our first one, like I don't I think we talked about how there was like no music in this game or no tracks that were actually good, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I think you. I, I don't know that it's that they weren't good. I just like I can't remember any of them. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. I can't even remember our discussion on it to be honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they weren't memorable. So I, yeah, you got to have something. Again, I'm not against new music, and I'm not against, or I, I don't necessarily need, you know, Brinstar, Red Soil, and you know, every, you know, the the themes that show up in every Metroid, right? I don't necessarily need that, but some of them would have been nice, like something that, like, again, recognizable. You're already doing a game that's a little bit experimental for Metroid. You're already doing something that's a little new. You gotta give us some stuff that's familiar, right? You gotta have something that we can latch onto and remember as um, something that's related to the franchise that this comes from. Yeah, you gotta have some. I would have loved. Um, like you know a rem- maybe yeah bring in that Brinstar remix right give us the classic stuff i think it would have been great if they remixed a bunch of prime tracks right like remix like the fendrana drifts theme or remix like the magmore caverns which is i think in and of itself a remix you know like give us like remixes of some of the prime tracks not necessarily like just you know the the classic 2d metroid tracks but remix some of the iconic metroid th- you know maybe like the the main chozo ruins or i love the uh, you know, a lot of the boss themes, I could have reworked some of the boss themes from Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime 2 that 100% would have worked. Yeah. You know, yeah, I 100% agree. That's another thing that I also put on my list is um, is Metroid, like, like, Prime music remixes. Like, again, give us more Metroid Prime content in this Metroid Prime game. Like, 100%, like, not even... I feel like for me, it doesn't even have to be a remix of anything, but like just give us some memorable music. Like that just goes a long way, right? Yeah. To to building the immersion, and uh, you know, it's <laughs> Federation Forces music is as forgettable as it gets. Um, okay, so I had one last thing on my list deck that I want to pitch you. It's actually kind of a story idea. Okay. So I feel like again, going back to this critique, that like I feel like the the biggest thing that Federation Force had working against it. Well, maybe not the biggest thing, but one of them is that it, it did kind of exist on an island. It didn't look like any other Metroids. It didn't feel like any other Metroids, and it didn't have any connection to any other Metroids. And the connection part, I feel like, is is really the most important part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Halo Reach is, is so good because it directly kind of sets up the events of what's to come. And, you know, kind of Rogue One-esque in a way, mm-hmm. where, like, that also has... It's a side story, but it has implications on the overall narrative. So, like... I, I think that it would be cool that if you were perhaps... I'll, I'll pitch you an idea I had. Like, if, if you were this Federation Marine squad, your your entire mission could be you're taking orders from somebody and you are eliminating space pirates and, and something like that. And let's, let's say that this game is set... Uh, let's say that this game is set in and around or maybe slightly after the time of Metroid Fusion. So you can go and you're you're taking down all these space pirates and you're taking down I don't know facilities you're, you're going on different missions to different places whatever right um, you can go and like maybe eventually you find out that like oh no like the Federation that we're working for is actually in bed with the space pirates that's how they got the Metroids on the BSL and we've been basically doing all these missions eliminating all this space pirate stuff to cover the Federation's tracks um, maybe you can have like 
the Marines face off against a final boss, and this is a new character, and, you know, maybe this character can pull, like, the old Rogue One or something like that, eliminate all of the Marines, and all of a sudden, you now have a new antagonist for Samus to face in the next Metroid Prime game, in the next Metroid, like, in Metroid 5 or Metroid 6 or whatever. So, like, you kind of, you know, you've, you've connected it to the events of, like, the previous games, and you're also building and setting up for future Metroid games. And it doesn't have to be exactly, you know, like that. But I, I think that if you took that general gist, the general idea, um, that's a way to make sure that, like, you could tell people, like, hey, this is a side story, but, like, you don't want to miss this because it's going to set up the next big thing. Hmm. Hmm, Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around the actual concept of the story of, like, the Federation working with the pirates, I think is what you were getting at. And I don't know if I'm necessarily about that. I, my hesitation is mostly like having, forcing people to play or not forcing, but putting something that's integral to the main story in a spinoff. So like, I would like, it's the same thing. My same reasoning behind, like you shouldn't have like a story set up for a main game or something like a book or some other kind of side media. Like you should be able to follow the story, um, of the main games from just playing the main game as far as I'm concerned. So, like, you shouldn't have to play, like, this spin-off to understand what's happening in the next game. You should be able to just play, like, Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3, and that's your understanding for Metroid Prime 4. You shouldn't have to play Metroid Prime Federation Force to understand Metroid Prime 4, you know, hypothetically, for example. Do I think, like, maybe having a little background, I guess, is okay? Yeah, and I think that's what, like, a spin-off is best for, is, like, giving you background rather than, like, being a necessity to understand the main plot. I mean, that's like a big issue for like a lot of games, I think. And even like, you know, or movies and TV shows these days, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, Star Wars is a good example of that where, or something where you got to like watch or read something that's like aside from the main movies or books or whatever it is to like understand what's happening. I mean, Halo had this problem. Halo has this, you know, Halo 5 and, and some other games, like you have to like read the books and all this stuff to like understand what's happening. You know, like uh, Noble, uh, well, I guess the spoilers, but the rookie from ODST dies in a book, doesn't die in a main game. Spoilers, you know, so like that kind of stuff I don't like. I, if I want to follow the story, I want to have it just in the main games. Um, so, and then like what were you saying, like the space pirates like are working with the Federation. Um, is that what you were getting at? I'm, I don't, I'm trying to, I was trying to wrap my around this, the yeah, main maybe. story. Like why would they work together? So, so, well, I don't know. Like, okay. Let's just say <laughs> that. Let's just say hypothetically that they, that they are. maybe they they got the Metroids from for for the BSL station. Maybe they got them from the pirates. I I mean I don't know. It's, we can make up any reason why they're working together, and we can if it makes sense, then that's great. But like, just something like, and I'm not suggesting that like you would absolutely have to play this game to to understand like what's going on in the next game. Actually, you mentioned books, and I think that Mass Effect comes to mind for me is something that did this really well because I'm a big Mass Effect fan. And in between Mass Effect 2 and 3, there was a book released, uh, I think it was called Ascension, and it introduced a bunch of characters and a villain that actually went in and showed up in Mass Effect 3. His name was Kay Lang or something like that. And, um, he, like, you got a lot more backstory about him if you read the book, but if you didn't and you just played Mass Effect 3, he still shows up, he still looks like this badass silent killer. And I think that that's, like, totally something that Metroid could do, too, is, like, maybe we... Maybe we see this new enemy or this new figure, like almost like an assassin or something like that, or something like that, right? In Metroid Prime 4, 
and um, Samus is is going up against this this person, and eventually has to defeat them. And maybe we could see their, you know, their origin in in this Federation Force, you know, spinoff game where it's like, you know, we can we can build up this character or this new threat as this really, you know, this really threatening presence that is that is taking or taking out the the Federation Marines, and now like, you know, now if you've played this game, you could realize that this new shadowy threat is like really a badass and like really poses a giant, you know, threat to Samus. So I think that that in itself would be cool. I think that like, I think that you just want to give purpose to the side story and you, and you want it to, you know, I, I think that basically what, what you should do, you should be able to sum up the events of the side story and like in an opening crawl or like in a in a couple scans or two and like you shouldn't have to play it but i do think that there is a value to like you know seeing the events unfold seeing the getting the backstory and and getting kind of the full spectrum of what happened in this story so i i do think it's a good line or a fine line i think you're right you should be able to play like you know the main story in the main games but like uh going back to you know i i hate to keep going there age of calamity um it's a cool little side story that we're able to play and you know, kind of, it augments what happens in Breath of the Wild and what's going to happen in Breath of the Wild 2. So, yeah, I, I thought that that could be cool. But, like, the general gist of it is, like, give the game's story purpose and meaning. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, 100%. It should have, definitely have meaning to an extent. But at the same time, like, when you're talking about, like, have the build-up for this villain in this game, I'm just thinking to myself, why not just have the build-up for this villain in the main game they show up, right? Like, if you're, for example... Wait, you can have both. But then that there's a ton of build-up. Now you have too much build-up. Like, if you're going to like give me a villain in Metroid Prime 4, for example, don't build him up in Federation Force 2. Build him up in the first half of Metroid Prime 4 and then have him be a sick badass in the second half in the game that follows or something like that, right? Or whoever it is, him, her, whoever. Um, again, that's another thing for me where it's like, I don't want to, like, play a game and then they're, like, this crazy badass character that, like, everyone's already afraid of or whatever. Or there's already stuff people know and are talking about as if they know it already. And I'm like, well, wait, why? I don't know any of this stuff. Like, oh, well, it was in this game. You didn't play it. I'm like, well, screw that. Like, I should just give me the buildup in the main game. I don't want to play. I, I agree it should have meaning. And that's, again, why I go back to the Metroid Prime 2 where you don't need to know the exact stuff of, like, what happens to that story? Metroid Prime 2 still works on its own, right? You don't need to know the exact things that happened in those Marines. But it adds more to that story by telling us what happened and showing us that experience. I don't want to have to learn something that is integral to the main story um, by having to play this game. And I think the buildup of a villain counts as one of those things for me. Like, if you're going to build a villain, build them for me in the main story. Don't make me play this, like, side spin-off game. Because a spinoff, I don't think well, is meant for that. To be honest, I think Age of Calamity I, is I different prevent, because I present you. I think I present you Exhibit A, Silex. Silex, yeah, but Silex. Okay, but that's different because all the build for Silex doesn't even really come for Hunters. I mean, in terms of what's relevant to Metroid Prime Four, for example, doesn't even really comes from Hunters or Federation Force. I think it comes from the ending of Metroid Prime Three. And second, I also agree that you know I don't think that would be the best thing if like. You know, most of the buildup come from those games, and he's featured Metroid Prime Four. But what has been shown in those games really isn't a much much anyway. I'm sure if Metroid Prime Four happens and Silex is the main villain, they'll still do buildup for that character because a lot of people didn't play those games. If they do no, right. if they do yeah. no buildup and just have Silex show up, and everyone is like, oh well, you should know who this is. I would be like, well, that's a bad idea. You should have so a little bit of buildup for people who didn't play Hunters, who didn't play Federation Force. So I. I 
you know, of course. I, yeah. but that's, that's my that's my take on that. You know, if you're gonna give me a villain, I would like to learn about them in the game. I don't have to play something else to like understand. It. I think if you do play those games, then it'll 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 be nice. You know, if you played Hunters and you see Salix show up. You know, I I would I'd be like, wow, that's awesome. But at the same time, even hunters give Silex essentially no build. I really don't even count that as like he just shows up. Really, just he's he Silex could be anybody else essentially, right? Like they could have come up with any other kind of hunter taken Silex's spot. It's just six characters they came up with, or five, whatever it is. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't count Silex in that. Um, and damn it. Well, I, I think that we're actually I think we're kind of agreeing here because like I I'm saying that like this this new villain could be. The icing on the cake. And actually, I, I actually didn't realize how close, how similar to Silex this actually was when I pitched this until right now. But like, um, you could almost do it. Like, uh, instead of Silex just coming in in a post-credit scene and, and stealing the egg, like you could have that final boss, or you could have that character be the final boss in this game, or maybe even a bonus boss or something like that. But just like some some kind of thing to tie into the next game, your next adversary, so that those who know are just like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like I saw him you know, wipe out a bunch of Marines in Metroid Prime Federation Force. But, you know, those who haven't played can still go into Metroid Prime 4 or 5 or whatever this game ends, ends up being and just be like, oh, this guy looks pretty badass. And, like, yeah. the game then builds him up throughout the game. So I, I think... I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we are getting at the same thing. I just don't want it to be, like, a thing where I have to play it. I, I But at the same time, I still think it would be cooler to not... If you don't have to introduce this villain, then don't. I don't think it would be the worst thing. I get what you're saying with Silex, though, but I think that's, like, that's just the direction they're going with it, and I don't know, like, at least Silex has shown up in the main games before, um, let's say, if he were to show up in Metroid Prime 4. It wouldn't be, like, a situation where he only showed up in, in Federation Force. If he only showed up in Federation Force and the scene was only from that, I think that would be one thing, and I would be like, okay, I agree, but Silex showed up in Hunters, he showed up in Federation Force, and he showed up in Prime 3, so, like... He's had, like, build across multiple games technically, right? It's not like he just showed up in one. But I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be... While I don't necessarily want the new villain introduced in, like... Well, I guess it wouldn't be a chibi game in our Federation Force 2, right? But, like, you know, I, I don't know if that would be ideal for me. But I, I think that would be fine. I think that's okay. I, I get what you're saying. I think we are more or less um, agreeing here. So I'll, I'll take I'll take yeah. it with that. I have one more thing on my list um, that I wanted to mention. Which okay. was, you know how this... I have one more thing on my Okay, too. cool. So, the one thing that I remember about this game that I didn't like and felt very unmetroid to me, and I think they should change that uh, post-haste, was the mission system. How the game's, like, broken up into missions, and very, it feels like you gotta, like, go back to and talk to HQ or, you know, or Samus or whatever, right? Like, in between and all that. I, I, I didn't like that. I felt very unmetroid to really? me. I hate how, like... You know, detra- detached everything was from one another in that kind of way. And get rid of the mis- mission system and just make it a continuous story, right? Like, or at least if you're gonna do missions, like, still make it a continuous story where I don't have to like feel like I'm resetting every time and then like look at like a scoreboard after a mission or whatever, right? Like, if you're gonna do it like in missions, if you have to, but I would I would get rid of that. Make it one cohesive, uninterrupted experience. I think that's that that's what Metroid is, right? Um, save for cutscenes, and even those are still, you know, part of the the one fluid story. Having all the missions just felt like it, it made things like not Metroid-y, didn't really do anything for the game. And I thought like 
it just took me out of it. Like I'd finish a mission. Oh, I gotta go back to this. I gotta, you know, look at this screen again. I just, just imagine you played Metroid Prime and like every time you like entered a new area, it like brought up this menu with like a scoreboard or something, or you had to go back to your ship every time you left the a, an area or you fought a boss or something, right? And it wasn't just like, you know, you keep going from that moment. Like that would be mad annoying. So I never liked that about Federation Force. I would just get rid of that system and make it one seamless thing for a second one. I'm surprised uh, to hear you say that, actually. Actually, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. I'm surprised that I actually didn't mind it as much as I think that you did. Um, I thought that, like, I would, I could take it or leave it, yeah. I think. Uh, but I, I thought that it was, like, okay for, like, kind of squad-based uh, missions and stuff like that. Because, like, you know, you, you finish a mission, you come back, you get deployed to your next mission. So, like, I, I didn't hate it. Um, I wouldn't fight to keep it by any means, but I, I think I was indifferent to that. It was annoying though, having to listen to the commander kind of yap yeah, over and I over hated and over that. again. It was so annoying. It just took me out of it. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you that like, it made sense for a group thing and I'm not entirely, like, it's not like a make or break for me. It's not like, you know, controls or the story or whatever, right? Um, if they kept it, yeah. it'd be fine, but I, that's how I felt. Like, at least, or maybe make me, you know, make it so that way I don't have to like, go through the same motions every single time. I mean, there's like 15, 20 missions in the game, right? Like, there's a bunch. You know, it's, it's different than, like, starting up a new chapter of, a, of, a, of you know, the campaign. Oh, yeah. You know, but Well, I'll tell you what. If they if they stuck with the mission-based uh, gimmick, I would say, like, for God's sakes, you have to have more than three planets that you can go to. That, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you have to make it a little bit more diverse yeah. uh, than that. But, yeah, you know what? I, um... I agree. Like, I, I agree that I could definitely see that it, it's definitely immersion-breaking. And maybe it's just in my case that I was so, like, unimmersed in Metroid Prime Federation Force to begin with that I just didn't really care. But, um, yeah, I, I think that I think that if it was done in a way similar to Metroid Prime 3, where, like, you went back into the ship and, like, you selected a new planet, that, that wouldn't be horrible. Because mm-hmm. at least it's quick, it's easy, and, uh, you know, you can... You can do it without any chatter, with anything like that. I think if they did it like that, I'd be okay with it. But I, I do agree, kind of reflecting on it, where like I wouldn't want to go back and get like mission briefed every yeah, single time yeah, exactly. by commander, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. My last thing is is no more soccer for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, blast ball! <laughs> God, you don't like blast ball, get man? Get that out of here! What's wrong? What's wrong? No, with it's that horrible. Blast ball? What's wrong? What would it do to oh, you? It, it's horrid. It's it's you know keep that in in Rocket League. We already have a cool Samus car, mm. uh, which is great. But yeah, get you know get that out of here. I'm I'm all for I'm all for multiplayer. You put in a nice capture the flag or King of the Hill or something like that. That's fine. But like get get this soccer gimmick out of here. Come on, come on. <laughs> you know I I'm not gonna lie. I actually think <laughs> Blast Ball needs to return. Give me Blast Ball two. I think Blast Ball was probably like I remember when that came out. I think they I think they showed it if I remember correctly, this was the twenty fifteen E three and they showed it like one or two yes. days before the actual game at the um the Nintendo World Championships, whatever it was called, right, that they were having. It was like one of the games the players had to had to play. And I think I remember it being like, Oh my god, this is the new Metro game they're making. It's just a, a soccer ball game. <laughs> um but then, obviously, they showed the rest of the Federation Force. That wasn't much better. But 
uh, I actually don't think Blast Ball was a bad idea. <laughs> I just thought, like, you know, it wasn't great in terms of execution. But I don't think that's a bad... I don't think it's a bad mode. It was a fun, like, it was something that could be a fun little, like, you know, time waster, five, ten minute plays. Like, sh you know what Blast Ball is? Is a mobile game. <laughs> yeah. That's a mobile Nintendo game. Yeah. Right I, I think if of all the things that Federation Force did wrong, I'm not going to knock it for Blast Ball. They tried something different. They tried something new. Was it kind of silly and, and dumb? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but... I don't know. I I, I have I have a little soft spot for for blast ball, so I wouldn't I wouldn't want that killed. But if it if it didn't return, I wouldn't lose sleep over that either. Uh, maybe it's just because I was about as good at blast ball as I am at Metroid Prime Pinball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, delete for me. Uh, okay, well that's that's all I have for my uh, Andy Spateri's list of things I would do to make Federation Force cool. Um, anything you, that you want to throw in there before we get out of here, Dak? Hmm. I would say, I think if they're going to do another Metroid Prime, or like, see, because I know we've talked in the past about, like, Hunters, and like, should that be part of, like, Metroid Prime 4? Should it be its own game? And I think, like, you are on the side of, like, make it its own game. I think if they were going to do something like Metroid Prime Federation Force 2, maybe, like, put that together with, you know, um, a Hunter's experience, right? Like, release Metroid Prime 4 on its own, and then release Hunters with, like, you know, Hunters 2 with, like, Hunters multiplayer and then like Federation Force co-op campaign. I think that'd be a cool idea if they're gonna bring it back. I again, it's one of those things. It's not other M where I never want to see it ever again or any hint of it. But the actual idea of Federation Force, I don't think was bad. It just came down to like their design choices and the execution. I think the fundamental idea behind yeah. it is not bad. So I would, I, I wouldn't be I against it coming back. No, I think Federation Force gets a little too much hate um, for what it is. It's is it a you know, not very memorable, mediocre kind of game. Yes. Is it horrible? No, I don't think so. I think it had some cool ideas. I think it's totally reworkable. I mean, we just sat here for an hour and gave, like, a bunch of ideas that would Im immediately make this game, like, a, I think, like, a 9 out of 10 at least. Like, it would be a pretty solid game if you did what we were talking about. So it's not like other M where it's completely, you know, irredeemable and 100% can't be fixed, uh, no matter how much you try. So, yeah, I think that's how I'm sitting on it. I... I Federation Force is a, a, also, I think, a victim of its timing, too. I think if Federation Force came out during, you know, the prime days, you know, in the early to, uh, early mid two thousands, I think would have been received a lot better, and probably would have, you know, I think would have been better for that time. Like Federation Force feels like a game that should have came out ten years ago, as far as I'm concerned. Like in terms of how it plays, in terms of like how it looks, and like how it fits in the games. It, it, it doesn't seem like a game that came out in, like, 2017 or 2015 or whatever it was um, just because it, it looks like doo-doo at times, but also kind of plays like doo-doo, too. And had it come out in maybe 2005, 2006, I think would have been a little – people would have been easier on it because those – you know, even Hunters had some issues being released when it did. Had Hunters been released 10 years later, it would have been a way better game, too. So, yeah, I think Federation – I'm glad we revisited, the, revisited this, Jesus, because – Federation Force definitely has potential, had a lot of potential, didn't live up to it, but could have, and I think we definitely showed, at least discussed that it could be improved in a myriad of ways to make it at least not a, a very middling game. Uh, well said. Very well said. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with all of it. It could have been cool, but it sadly will probably uh, never get the chance to... I would love if they did metroid prime federation hunters yeah. something mm. like that that'd be so that, that's cool that's the title right there that'd be so cool 
maybe we can come back and revisit uh, this concept in the future. But uh, that's a that's for another day. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We hope that you guys thought that this episode of Federation Force was cool. And uh, let us know what you would have done to make this game uh, better than it ended up being. Uh, let us know over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. And you can tweet at us individually at Spateri316 and at DaxCity underscore. We're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And make sure that you are checking us out over on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you get your, your podcast. Go and like and subscribe to the Omega Metroid Pod. Uh, if you want a sweet, sweet Metroid discount, Head on over to the Metroid Database Store. Enter our promo code OMEGA for 20% off anything there. You can get yourself some good stuff. Uh, We will see you back here next week. Until then, everybody, take care.